Welcome to another episode of the Ginger Blake Jansen Podcast. This is episode three, and today we have on Aaron. Hello. And a very special guest, Matthew. Yo, what's up? All right, so we haven't had Matthew on the podcast. So Matthew, why don't you just give us a quick summary of yourself, tell us about the things you enjoy, and how you've met the both of us. Uh, well, I've always known Blake ever since he showed up in kindergarten wearing a dinosaur t-shirt, and I met Aaron in like the seventh grade, I think. He, he's, he, I thought he was pretty chill. Uh, pretty much, I like music. That's my entire personality. <laughs> That's epic, because I too like music, Matthew. Yeah, I know. Aaron has a great taste in music. I understand y'all do like some of the same stuff, so like, what all does that entail? Uh, I saw a lot of Tool on his playlist. <laughs> I saw some Arctic Monkeys. That's pretty epic. Saw some Cage the Elephant. Like that a lot. Uh, I also, but differing. Uh, I I like Guns N' Roses. I didn't see any Guns of that. Guns N' Roses is cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, Slash is is a rock legend. He has the best guitar playing uh, I think I've ever heard. Okay, so, um, Slash, doesn't he have, like, the most recorded music ever? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, I, I think at one point I heard that he has the most written and published music, like, in terms of volume. Well, in terms of volume, he's been in, uh, he, he's been in two bands, one being Guns N' Roses and one being a band called Velvet Revolver, which is a super, like, super band with a lot of famous rock legends. Uh, who all did they have in there? I've heard of the name, but I can't uh, really remember who's in it. I don't know. I think that, I think that some, it's some famous people here. Uh, Velvet Revolver was, uh, a really famous super group, uh, especially since I had... Flash, and it had Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Uh, it had other uh, people from bands that aren't as uh, mainstream as Guns N' Roses, mostly punk bands. Uh, generally, though, I would believe it if Slash had the most recorded music because uh, he's been. There's a lot of uh, like people he's done music with like michael jackson he made a song with michael jackson oh awesome uh and guns N' roses obviously yeah. guns N' roses obviously has made a lot of music um okay so um the lead singer axel rose what can you tell me about him because i'm uh, super he's, familiar he's kind of a horrible person <laughs> oh what all has he done, man? So pretty much during the band, during the 80s, it was like pretty much band's prime time. Mm-hmm. And then in the 90s, the reason why the band started losing popularity, especially during the 90s and early 2000s, was because Axl Rose pretty much, uh, he tried to take like a lot of control over the band. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, it is has been described that the last cover they did, which was uh, Sympathy for the Devil uh, mm-hmm. from the Rolling Stones. Uh, in an interview with Slash, I remember him saying, if you ever want to listen to the sound of a band dying, that is the best description. And I oh. think that is accurate. Even though the band didn't ever stop making music, Slash uh, eventually left the band to later rejoin in 2016. Okay. Uh during the time he was gone, especially early 2000s, uh, uh, another famous guitarist joined the band, 
mm-hmm. one that I especially enjoy a lot, uh, but more for solo music. Okay. Buckethead. Uh, oh, um, the guy that wears the KFC hat thing? Yeah, he is, uh, even though he is kind of uh, a gimmick, he is still a legendary guitar player. Oh, wait, I thought that, okay, so it's either Slash or Buckethead that has the most published music, I forget which. Uh, Buckethead has a lot of long songs, like, his most of his songs go for 11 minutes. Okay, so he's kind of like that type of artist can write music bro. he does write a lot of music so his stuff is almost like an ensemble it, t- it kind of tells a story uh buckhead's music is just mostly guitar playing okay. he's pr- he's pr- he's prog so it's f- like full instrumentals all the way through yeah it, he's a very uh in his music he has a very structured guitar playing i'd say okay um so he's very key on technique, music theory, and stuff of that nature? I would definitely say so. I, I feel like his music is very, ver, uh, like, it has a lot of variety. Okay. Especially, uh, pretty much Buckethead's uh, music is non-repetitious. Uh, very, uh, he's very good at making his music uh, not the same thing over and over again. Okay, so it's almost storytelling, like it goes from this section to this section to this section. Uh, from song, uh, from one song, since it's like 10 minutes long, definitely. Uh, generally, the genre itself, even if you play a completely different song on the guitar, it can sound very similar. So I would say from song to song, it... it it's hard to make it sound different simply because of the genre, even though he's playing a very different music. Okay, so how do you think that could compare to the more modern styles of music like trap, rap, and hip-hop? Uh, well, uh, most popular music nowadays, I feel, is very repetitious. It has a lot of, uh, like, same over and over uh, phrases and very uh, similar uh, uh, messages. Themes and messages. Yeah. So, like the beats of the song, they have the same elements your drum, your bass, maybe in an effect here or there, or like a sample, and then a lot of the same themes. So, how was that necessarily compare to someone like Buckethead or, like, or an artist such as Guns N' Roses? Uh, Guns N' Roses and Buckethead are, uh, very, uh, their themes are very, uh, ver- uh, various. Varied, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, Guns N' Roses can go from, uh, love theme to, uh, fucking party theme, you know? Alright, I understand what you're saying, but a lot of the music that's come out now is, like, party like the rap music from the early 90s is very party centric so Aaron I want to know how you feel about like the new rap and how that would differ from the older stuff hmm. this new rap we're getting is definitely heavier I would say okay a lot of older whenever you think about rap I think about like the OGs, right? Yeah, you got your Snoop Dogg, your Tupac, your early yeah. Eminem stuff. That stuff goes hard, but in a different way, you know. Of course, because it's very, it's very rhythmic. It's on the beat, and it has a big focus on that rhyme scheme. Yeah, I don't know why I turned this on. 
Oh, that's fine. That'll work. Yeah. So we've actually incorporated some background music in this episode, all of yeah. which is royalty free. So, yeah, we were talking about harder music now. Yeah, the stuff we're getting now is definitely harder, but again, like we were talking about earlier, metal being incorporated with. Yeah, the metal is being incorporated back in because some of these new artists such as MGK and Ghostman have a lot of their... Um, a lot of their inspiration comes from the punk, comes from the rock, comes from the metal, because that's what they grew up on. And so we're kind of getting seeing this new generation, and I'm wondering if there's going to be a cultural shift back into metal and away from rap for a little bit. So how do you feel about that? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, there's nothing. Nothing? So... Yeah. Matthew, you had some words in an earlier draft, so would you mind repeating those? Uh, what words? Um, along the lines of, do you think there's going to be a cultural shift away from rap, or do you think it's going to lean more heavily into it? Uh, for me, I do believe that uh, there is a certain mixture that's going to happen, definitely. Uh, I agree with Aaron on that point. Okay, so the two genres will kind of fuse in some ways? Some ways, yes, but I do believe that... <laughs> Uh, music is a very objective thing, and any genre can uh, thrive. Uh, it's just that certain genres will be in the spotlight. Wait, hold on. An objective or subjective? Because objective oh, is... subjective. Vi- My okay. bad. Subjective? All right. Subjective. Because music is art, and so a lot of people would say that art is the true expression of its creator. Do you believe that they're... Even bad music can be classified as good art? Uh, I don't believe that there is much bad music as it is poorly written music. I don't believe that it is bad because somebody can find it good. Okay, so it can be all subjective and as a matter of opinion. Yes. Okay, so that actually brings me into one thing that is severely debated. It's I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's this time... It's this way of writing music that is essentially just random notes that have no dissonance, no harmony. They're just kind of played in a random order and fashion. I can't remember if it's a specific time signature, but since this is almost computer-generated, do you believe that it could be considered not art because of this? Uh, I don't believe just because it's computer-generated means it's not art, but I do believe that uh, most uh, computer... uh, Not computer-generated music, but most pop music uh, beats, not the singing itself, but the, uh, like, beat behind it is very... uh, Oh, no, 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 not not like that. It's this... it's, It's in the style of techno music, but the time signature is random... The notes are offbeat and in a random order to where they aren't either, they don't harmonize and they aren't dissonant to where it is truly just random noise. So do you believe that that could be considered art? Uh, well, uh, of course, uh, people can make uh, anything they think into uh, certain music, even it's just an expression of yourself. Some people just uh, have uh, feelings that feel that way, you know. Okay, I understand what you're talking about. So, um, so as you were talking about that expression of self, 
Um, there are so many people that write music for any number of reasons. It could be for the fame or like a lot of artists really do try to express themselves. But going back to before the metal, before the jazz of the 20s, before the sea shanties of old and like the original musics, the stuff that they would have played back in before ye olden times with your grandparents, grandparents, grandparents. How do you think that expression of music would differ from now? Because that can be any number of themes, right? Uh, well, I believe that folk music uh, is more about telling uh, stories. Uh, uh, I, My grandparents from uh, Macedonia, uh, I remember on the radio a lot of folk music would come on, uh, and uh, it would be, my mom would just tell me that it's like some folk music, but I just know uh, folk music's very much of a storytelling technique more than a, a emotion uh, art piece. Okay, so it does differ in that way. And so I understand that you are that your family is actually from Macedonia to kind of move away from music for a little bit. So can you tell me what it was like? Because I know that you didn't necessarily live a portion of your life in Macedonia because you were born in the U.S., but I know that you've gone over there for a couple of summers. So First of all, I wasn't born in the U.S. You were not born in the U.S.? Yes, I was born in Macedonia, and then for the first like three years of my life or something, I lived there. Uh, I was too young to remember it, and then uh, whenever uh, I reached a certain age, my parents moved to the U.S., uh, where I grew up, obviously, mm -hmm. and then whenever I was probably around 12 or 13 is whenever the first time we took a trip to Macedonia for an entire summer. Uh, it's, uh, just so you listeners at home know, uh, Macedonia is, is a very small country, uh, right north of Greece, and it shows it has a lot of uh, cultural similarities to Greece. Okay, so, um, when you were you were very very young when you were born there, but it is my understanding that one of your parents was born in the U.S. Uh, my father was. Okay, so what had what circumstances led to him ending up in Macedonia? Uh, from what I know, he just took a job there, and he lived there for a little while, and my mom was, like, a bartender in uh, this cafe. Uh, no, it, uh, she was just, it worked at a cafe somewhere in the mall, and I remember uh, we were walking by the cafe, and uh, she taught, uh, she told us about how uh, my dad would, was a regular there, and that's how they met. Oh, okay, so they had seen each other several times before they had really started seeing each other, I guess? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he would tip a lot of money to her. Ah, okay, that that's the tactic <laughs> right there, man. Yeah, pretty much. I mean... So, um, so, you said that you were born in Macedonia, but you were too young to remember, so I'm guessing you don't remember any Macedonian, or whatever the language is called? Uh, I... I don't remember it from back then, but I, I, I've i learned a little bit. I've learned uh, some of the alphabet, and I've learned some of the phrases. Okay. Um, how From your limited experience in Macedonia, how would you say that life and culture differs from the U.S.? Uh, well, generally, Macedonia is mostly... Uh, I've been all around it. Uh, I've traveled from Skopje, which is the capital, all the way to, uh, like, Greece. So okay. I, I've 
traveled across. And uh, uh, it's mostly cities. That's where most people live. But then there's occasionally some farms. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been told that my grandfather used to have his own farm where he farmed like watermelons and stuff. Oh. Uh, but generally, it's mostly city. And uh, I just, I like the city very much. Okay, so it's not like, is it as busy as an American city, or would you say that it's a calmer atmosphere? I would say that uh, if you were to take a walk around, it would be more of a calmer place, where it'd be as, uh, not much people drive, you don't see a lot of cars out in the streets or anything, but you see a lot of people walking around. So it's like busy, but it's not like uh, loud as a oh, okay. So, do people live in, like, suburb-type homes, or is it more of, like, an apartment complex that they have, like, a section in? Uh, generally, it's uh, a lot of uh, either houses in the city, or it's gonna... It, like, it's all very packed up into the city. Uh, I lived in kind of uh, right next to this mountain, uh, mm-hmm. uh, where my parents... or my grandparents had, like, a three-story... Uh, building where they rent off the bottom part and uh that's how they make their money because they're retired oh okay so they own the duplex or the triplex i guess yeah yeah and then they just rent off the bottom part to like college students ah, and stuff. okay i understand what you're saying so aaron i understand that your family is from all over the place so would you mind exper- um telling me where like parts of your family have come from as well um my mother um, my parents, my grandparents, the, not my real grandparents, Okay. my real grandmother is now deceased, but I know she ha- very, our blood is Celtic, Irish, like, um. Okay, so like way, way back, not just like your grandparents. Y- yeah. Um, my dad's side of the family are, our name comes from Germany, I believe, and I believe we have our own family crest in Castle oh. somewhere. Because you are one of the Syriaxes, correct? Yes, I am. Okay. And now I understand that y'all, that on your dad's side of the family, um, one of his brothers owns the Syriax Construction Company? Yes, somewhere up in New York. Okay. Um, so, is most of your family from Oklahoma, or you're, or y'all kind of um, scattered No, we around? have family all over the place. My, I, my dad... Has so many brothers and sisters that have just gone everywhere. Mm-hmm. But both were, were both of your parents born in Oklahoma. Um. Yes. Okay. They were. So, on my end, my dad has been pretty much in the same area a lot of his life. He was born in Oklahoma, but my mom was originally born in Ohio, where her her mom decided that they should move to be closer to some of the family. She had moved out there originally to take a government job, which then relocated to Oklahoma, if I'm having my story right. But a lot of my family ancestry, as I do have red hair, as in the title of the podcast, I am, of course, Irish. I have a lot of German and, funnily enough, some Greek blood in me. I did not get the Greek genes, however. I am very light-skinned. Funnily enough, my dad, tall-ish, has that deep Mediterranean olive complexion. And my brother got all of those jeans. Lucky him during the summertime. Yep. So. 
Always have to smell my drink before you drink it. I don't know. Aaron, don't be opening up drinks, man. If you spill that, I'm going to be mad. <laughs> so, like I had said a moment ago, my dad, he has grown up in the country for a lot of his life. So, he had been grown up on farms. Later in life, he did move into the city when he went into the army. And then when he had met my mom after the army in college... But we had finally kind of made it out back into the boonies where we were sitting on a couple of acres. We have a bunch of chickens and stuff running around. But he had grown up like like full middle American family. Like The entire extended family came over for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Constantly had cousins and brothers and sisters running around. And I'm honestly sad to say that we really haven't had that in the past couple of years just because everybody's gotten so busy. So how would y'all's, um, how would you guys describe your relationships with your extended family? Um, on my mom's side, I know a lot of people, mm-hmm. but on my dad's side, the, my grandparents are a bit odd. They mostly just stay inside of their house and don't contact anybody whatsoever. Hmm. They, they just sit in their house and do stuff. So, I don't really know much from my dad's side at all. Okay. I've not met any other of my uncles of and aunts other than my uncle Anthony, who lives here in Oklahoma as well. But other than that, nobody. Okay. Pretty much. And then you haven't really seen your cousin Brock and his older sister in a long time? Um, I've, I've seen Brock, but not Lauren, no. Okay. So, Matthew, what about you? How would you describe your relationship with your extended family? Uh, from my dad's side, there isn't much people to even have. So pretty much, uh, I have my grandma and then my cousins. Uh, I know my cousins pretty well. I've grew, I grew up with them. Uh, visited my grandmas a lot. They would always be there. Uh, I know my grandma pretty well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think my I don't think my mom likes my grandma very much. No, if I'm being honest. Why? And this uh, is your dad's mom, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, well, I mean, I think that uh, <laughs> I remember this one time my grandma came over to our house and uh, my mom uh backed up into my grandma's car mm. and like knocked the, the one of the mirrors off. Okay. And uh, my mom was like. Oh, well. <laughs> she didn't really react that much. Uh, Do you think she did it intentionally? No, no way. <laughs> no, that's not... I don't think my mom would be the type to do that. She would... It, it, I'm, it, my mom's the type of person that if she has a problem with you, she'd just tell you. Okay. So maybe she doesn't have a big problem, but there's definitely maybe a little animosity floating around? Uh, Generally, it's just uh, very... Uh, I don't think... Uh, my grandma really expected my dad to go for foreign person. <laughs> so are, are are they are they like nationalistic or are they no, racist? No, my grandma's nice and all. It's just that I think that uh, she does like it's just whenever they're talking to each other, it's just a very uh, they tend to stick. Whenever they tend to stay off a uh, a lot of topics. I don't know, like, uh, how to explain it. But they tend to just talk about the same things, and there seems to just be a very uh, non-personal relationship between the two. So it's almost business-like? Yes, exactly. I, I can see that, because with 
a lot of in-laws and I don't know the term for an in-law, but from the younger up perspective, but I feel like a lot of the times people have to work around their spouse's family and the things that they have to put up with. That goes both directions for the guy and other guy, woman, it, she, they, I don't know anymore. But I'm going to try and keep this podcast in the non-political direction as the previous ones have gone. So, oh my but my my family has been, like, when we were younger, there was always a grandma around, always an aunt, always some cousins. But in recent years, it's been almost a struggle because, like, my youngest aunt, who had just been married, she kind of got, like stole off her husband is like all right we're gonna hang out with my family now (laughs) so we haven't like really i've had very little communication with her because she just like does not talk to us anymore and then my and this would have been my dad's not, not her young not his youngest but his second youngest sister we used to see them all the time but with life and schedules we just haven't been able to and then over the summers when I was younger, my mom would always drop me off at her mom's house. So I had spent a lot of time with her and my uncle when we were little. But now that we're, once we became old enough to kind of stay home by ourselves, that wasn't really a thing anymore. So we really just have not been able to see much of our family. And I'm honestly kind of depressed about it because like, I like seeing a lot of these people. And having the big family unit is something that I'm a fan of. So, do you wish that your family was closer, or are you content with it? Uh, I'm actually pretty okay with it, generally. Uh, I'm more of a person who uh, doesn't really stick with the same people for more than a few years. Uh, I have a few people that are are just uh, stuck with me for a long time, and that's Mm -hmm. about it. But I'm more of a person that likes to meet new people instead of uh, staying around the people I've already known for a long time. So it's almost like, not necessarily that you don't like these people, it's that you haven't found your true chosen family yet. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, I don't hold much value to uh, like blood family. Of course. Uh, I just uh, think that uh, if, if, I th- if I think a person is uh, very... Uh, personal person and who is a good friend uh, I I want to stick with them instead of somebody who I've been told you should stay by them just because they're family of course man like you you don't want to abandon these people because they are your family but blood isn't always thicker than water exactly uh, to me it's just I don't see a reason to hold uh, much value to family other than if they care, like, that's great, but it's just, uh, I don't think my extended family, especially on my dad's side, uh, really, uh, cares much about me, and, like, it's just, that's how the way it goes. Of course. I mean, like, if you're not gonna care about me, and you're not gonna take any interest in me, why should I try to make that push when I might not like you, you could be a hot mess, and whatever else? Uh, yeah, general, it's just, uh, for me, I tend to, uh, like, Blake knows my relationship with my brother. Like, he's, uh... Uh, He's a real peach. I mean, like, look, man, it's like he's my brother and all that, and I care about him and all that, but it's just I don't know much about him, and 
Uh, I don't know if I want to. Even when, like, even when you were younger, right? Y'all really didn't have much interaction. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, generally, we just did our own thing, and I just uh, like it a lot that way. Okay, so speaking from my experience, I am. I hold I hold my family to a certain value because I do like a lot of the people in my family. However, you know, we're all broken toys, so I really do feel like a lot of these people are worth my time. But for my close family, like my mom, my dad, and my brother, um, I would say that really I've been so independent my entire life. I haven't really had much on them like they they pay the bills and they put food in the fridge but i wouldn't say that i have a very personal relationship with either of them and like me and my brother we spent a lot of time growing up together but we're two very different people so i know a lot about him and he knows a lot about me and we can be transparent with each other but i really don't feel like these are my people like my people are my matthews my aaron's my other friends that I choose to stick around because these are the people that I enjoy spending time with. So, Aaron, how do you feel about it? Hmm. My relationship with my parents, I would say it's pretty good. I've been through a lot in my life and seen a lot of things and some that shouldn't have seen at that age. Of course. But I feel like, sure, that happening was bad, but I feel like it has taught me a lot more over life and has definitely made me a more mature person. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I feel more mature than most people. They don't understand. They've never been through things like that. But my... I would say I have a pretty good relationship with my mother and father. Okay. Just, you know, first off, they're just my mom and dad, mm -hmm. so I see them all the time, but also all that that we've been through together definitely put a stronger bond okay with us so like me i am i am i've been very fortunate i've been very blessed i haven't had to struggle for a whole lot out of my entire family going back however far you want to go i've been the best set up for success and so for me i have a lot of weight on me and a lot of expectation because these people are expecting something out of me so i have to find a way to not necessarily appease them, but there has been this deep-seated thing that has been told for me since I was little, little, little. You have to do good in school, get a good job, and so I find that to be very stressful. So I was wondering if you guys have ever experienced something similar. Yeah, um, not really. Just my parents told me to, like, just do your shit. Do, do your best, get get everything done, keep it squared away, and don't drop out. Pretty much, yeah. They, right. They're just like, do your stuff in school, and... Whatever comes is fine? Yeah. All right, Aaron, all right, Matthew, what about you? I know you're a smarter guy that's made better grades. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it wasn't much of a... Uh, like, I was a hard worker or anything. It's just that I found schoolwork easy if I paid attention. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the problem with most people, is that they don't pay attention. But my parents have always uh, wanted me to do, uh, like, uh, good-paying jobs and all that. And I, they have held me to that expectation of, uh, like, being a doctor uh, because I used to want to do that. But then I got into high school and I was like, that sounds really not fun. I mean, so, but from the, not necessarily, well, we, we have known each other for a long time, but for the amount of time that we have known each other... 
we haven't really conversed a whole lot except for this last year or so. But I do remember you mentioning a couple of times that your parents hold your mental health, your beliefs, and your happiness kind of above their expectations almost? Uh, well, I mean, it just depends on the situation. I do believe that uh, my parents do care about my mental health and all that, but I just feel uh, uh, they don't really see what goes on in my day-to-day -day life, so they can't really control much of it. Of course, and I feel very the same because... Like, they have my best interests at heart, but I'm to the age where our beliefs are starting to differ, and I'm starting to become less of their child and more of my own growing adolescent. Like, I only got three more years under this household, then I'm shipping off to somewhere. So, and I can't remember where I heard this, but a long while ago I heard that after about the age of 11, 12, or 13, your parents stop raising you and they have less of an effect on how your mind works and you're raised more by your experiences and your peers. Do you feel like you'd agree with that? Uh, well, I mean, I believe that uh, I generally would agree with that, although I do believe there's always exceptions. But of course. For me, I just feel like uh, I've always been more raised by uh, the uh, my parents took care of me and all that, but I feel like uh, they didn't. Uh, uh, and they always taught me things. I just mm -hmm. feel like I've never really uh, like uh, thought about what they told me. Okay, so for me, I feel like. What a lot of my parents did is they instilled a strong set of conservative and Republican Christian beliefs, many of which that I still hold dear. Like, I'm a Second Amendment guy through and through, but one place that we do differ is my stance on abortion, because they're very, it's never, ever acceptable that as a human that has been brought into this world by God, but... I do believe that, in general, that very well may be the case, but there are some specific circumstances to where that woman had no interest in having this child in the first place. Could she have stopped it? Yes. But, really, if we do decide to bring this baby into the world, they very well may face more suffering than they would have otherwise never having existed. So how do you feel about it? Uh, I have... If you are uncomfortable with any topic at any time, we can always move away from it. Uh, yes. Okay, Aaron, do you have any specific stance? Um, the only thing that I really have wrong with the abortion, they're their own people. They can choose to do whatever they want. Of course. But let's just say we've actually talked about this before. On the whole, um, you don't tell the man, mm -hmm. you do it anyway, he didn't get to... That's the only thing I really have a pet peeve over, because that can that can really cause some bad things to happen. Of course, because, because, a, because a woman can do whatever she wants with her body, that is her right, that is her natural right. But in a loving relationship, if she decides to get an abortion but didn't tell the man in the first place, and that's okay, I do feel like there are some moral impl implications with that. Definitely.
Yes. So, um, really, I feel like we've kind of touched on everything that I wanted to. I've introduced y'all to Matthew. We're definitely going to have him on the podcast some more times. Um, next time, I do kind of want to keep it away from the serious stuff a little bit. Try to keep it a little bit more lighthearted like it was early in the podcast. But that's Ginger Blake Jansen signing off. Say bye, everybody. Bye-bye. All right. And...